This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. All right. Uh, I do want to get into this issue because I, I find this conversation fascinating. And so whenever I see that NASA is is teasing us with a big announcement, I always, I always get really excited. Uh, and so we're not yet at the point where we're getting that that alien payoff that we're all looking for from NASA. But really, though, the, this is some some fascinating research that NASA was was uh, announcing today. Uh, and, and it kind of piggybacks off a lot of things we already know. Clearly, Europa, there's a lot of excitement about Europa, one of Jupiter's moons, uh, that there seems to be vast oceans underneath the ice on Europa. And it's conceivable that, that life could exist within those oceans. So there are plans to send a NASA mission, uh, the, the Clipper, I think it's called, the Europa Clipper, uh, there uh, sometime in the 2020s to maybe drill down into the surface or get a better sense of whether life could exist there. So some new findings regarding Europa were announced today, but also another moon that we haven't talked much about, uh, Enceladus. Enceladus? Enceladus? I guess we got to get familiar with this. It's one of Saturn's moons. Uh, but NASA's Cassini spacecraft has got very close to this moon. So the combination of what we're getting from the Hubble telescope and from the Cassini spacecraft are really pointing in the direction of the possibility of life existing. On this moon one of Saturn's moons, the Cassini spacecraft had discovered molecular hydrogen, which, as uh, one story notes here, is a potential foodstuff for bac- bacteria and a sign of hydrothermal activity. Joining us uh, for more on all this, very pleased to welcome to the program uh, Natalie Ouellette, a astronomer at Queen's University. Natalie, thanks so much for joining us here. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, uh, tell us a bit more about uh, the, what these announcements mean today and what we've discovered about these two moons. So, the yeah, it's two separate moons and two separate announcements a little bit. Europa has been on astronomers' radars for quite some time. We've known that it's had an underground ocean, um, but we didn't know that it had any contact with the um, outside space until recently we saw uh, cryogeysers or giant plumes of liquid being shot from the surface. So now we're seeing that we have access to the ocean through these plumes, and uh, we might be able to sample them a little bit more with the Europa Clipper that you mentioned. Um, For Enceladus, uh, we've had the benefit of the Cassini probe to sample Enceladus' plumes, and we found hydrogen. So that's a key element to finding life one day, and we might be able to find life in Enceladus' underground ocean if we can probe in the ocean itself. Okay, well, that that would be quite an undertaking, though, still, wouldn't it? Definitely, it would. Uh, Orbiters are are much more common. They're cheaper, and they're easier to navigate around. Um, Initially, the Europa Clipper was supposed to be a lander, but that plan got scrapped for technical and financial reasons, so it's been sort of downgraded to an orbiter instead. Um, Landing something on a planet, especially as far away as a moon of Jupiter or Saturn, is very complicated. But we're getting closer and closer to being able to do such small, finicky details. And we've actually had a lander land on one of Saturn's moon, Titans, in 2005. So it is possible. Okay, but I think what what NASA is saying is that we don't know if life exists on either of these moons, but everything we're learning suggests that these moons would be capable of hosting life. Yeah, that's exactly right. We haven't found any direct evidence of life, but we know that life 
needs four simple elements. It needs liquid water. Both of the moons have them. We need certain components or molecules to build up the cells of life forms. We haven't found those yet. We need time for life to evolve. And both of the moons have had a sufficient amount of time for that to happen. And a food source. And now Enceladus has the key element of the food source in hydrogen. All right. So this is all present. So that, that's what we're, we're basically at the point of saying you need these ingredients for life to exist. They exist here. Exactly. And the next step is to try to find life. Okay. So when we say life, that could mean the simplest of life. That could mean, you know, basically sharks swimming around this, this planet or who knows <laughs> what, right? But that could mean a lot of different things. Uh, yeah, definitely. And it would be amazing to go dive down in the, uh, these oceans and find giant whales, but that's unlikely to happen. Um, something that's a little bit more analogous to what we might find is the bacteria and the algae that lives off of the hydrothermal vents at the bottom of the ocean that we discovered some 40 years ago. Something like that would probably be more statistically possible to find. But that kind of life form would put the groundwork down to build a whole ecosystem. So who knows what that would evolve into over time. All right. So, um, look, NASA's made it a, a priority then to, as you say, send some kind of probe to, to these moons to, to be able to land directly, maybe even drill down. Uh, so how close are we to that happening? Well, we're not as close as we were when we first um, envisioned the Europa Clipper as a lander. Um, it's, it depends a lot on how much government funding goes towards these missions, what our priorities are. Right now, a lot of people are keeping their eyes on Mars and they're interested in colonizing Mars. So if we're funneling all of our resources towards that, we're going to be less and less likely to um, send a lander on these ocean worlds and these icy moons. But hopefully the discovery that we made today will trump up a little bit more excitement for that kind of mission. Right. We're not going to be colonizing any of these moons. Uh, it's, it's not as... It wouldn't be as easy to colonize these moons as it would be with Mars just because they don't have any continents. It's just an ice world with an ocean beneath. We would have to figure out how to live in the ocean, basically. Yeah. Well, but it's interesting because we think of the habitable zone uh, and, you know, the, the kinds of situations where life would need to exist. I mean, these seem like odd candidates because obviously they're, they're moons, not planets to begin with, and they seem like rather inhospitable places, but it's just a, you know, a combination of a bunch of different factors here. Yeah, it's, it's totally true, and that sort of brings to light some of the issues that we have with defining the habitable zone. For example, you would think that something that's that far away from the sun wouldn't be able to sustain life. But the planets that they're orbiting are so gravitationally strong that it's warping the moons themselves, which is creating an inner heat, which is liquefying the water. When you're looking at exoplanets that are very far away, you can't take into consideration all of these other factors. So that's the benefit of doing this exploration within our, our own solar system. We can take into account all of these different variables. Right. And then we, I mean, there's the overlap here between uh, astronomy and biology, which I guess is kind of astrobiology. But, you know, the question of what causes life to exist in the first place, I mean, that's kind of a meta question in a way, but I guess we don't have a good answer to that. So for all we know, I mean, life could be abundant in these situations. Uh, it could be rare. We, we still don't yeah. know. We, we still don't know how life came to be on our own planet. We don't know how the first bacteria came to be. We're starting to get 
some ideas by finding some of these extremophiles that live at the bottom of the ocean or in poison lakes. Um, but we still don't have a definitive answer, so it's hard to um, project that onto other planets. But if we find something interesting there, we can then sort of bring that back to how Earth got its first life forms. So it's all related. Yeah, well, fascinating stuff. Natalie, uh, appreciate the insight. We'll leave it there for now, but uh, thanks for joining us here. Thanks for having me. Much appreciate. Take care. Natalie Olette, uh, astronomer at Queen's University. I'm talking about these uh, discoveries, co-discoveries uh, announced by NASA today. So as they're beginning to learn more about Europa and, uh, and watching now these, these plumes of water basically venting out of the ocean through cracks in the surface. So you see both of them, or you see the example on, on both of them on Enceladus and on Europa. With Enceladus, we've got the Cassini spacecraft there that's been able to detect molecular hydrogen. Now, at Europa, the the telescopes have spotted pretty much the same thing. So, there's the potential that, like with Enceladus, Europa, it's the same kind of elements being present, the same sort of ingredients for life being present. And then what does that tell us about what might lurk under the surface uh, on these two planets? But it is quite interesting that these are rather inhospitable neighborhoods, you would think, for life. But as she described, the circumstances allow for uh, these vast oceans to exist under the ice on these planets. So it is quite fascinating. All right, 403-974-8255 is a number. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.